You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In your Bibles, please, Isaiah 15. Isaiah 15, we'll be in 15 and 16 this morning. And I'd appreciate it if you could keep your Bibles open so we can see the scripture today. Thank you for being here. I've said that repeatedly, but I'm just always thrilled to see the house of God filled. If we would bring folks in from other buildings and properties, this place would be, uh, you'd have to shoehorn them in. So God bless you for being here this morning. You're going to have to listen on purpose this morning. I'll not be able to keep your attention with uh, stories or heart-wrenching stories or anything of that nature. We're going to look at the scripture. I want to speak to you about this subject And it's an important subject, the destruction of a nation. Now, I'm not talking about America. This was the destruction of an enemy nation. There are countries that hate us. China, not Chinese people, but communist China hates us. Russia hates us. Unless my grandfather was in the Russian army, so... Chill out here for a minute, folks. Socialist countries do not love freedom-loving America. Now, what's my attitude to that country when they, when they collapse? That's what this passage is. I should not have glee in my heart. I should not have joy in my heart when a nation collapses. Don't forget there are boys and girls and women and homes and families in those countries. Many that are living under deep oppression. There are 12 countries that are going to fall. The Bible says in Isaiah, and Isaiah is like an evangelist. He is spending his life stirring the people up to repent and turn back to God. And these 12 countries, he calls it the burden. We've already seen in in, uh, chapter number uh, 13, the burden of Babylon. The word burden is just simply that which is very weighty. To me, there's nothing about communist China that attracts me. It's oppressive. They hate God. But the tragedy is when you see people that living under that bondage, I'm, I'm just so sad that people have to live under the bondage and see the burden, the heavy, heavy weight that's put upon them. When they live in such fear, they're regulated where they walk. We've sent missionaries to these countries where we're talking about, and, and people sometimes follow them, a military follows them, say, we know what you're up to. We know what you're doing. It's a very dangerous situation. So we've seen Babylon, the burden of Babylon. Now this is the burden of Moab. And, and God's going to show through the evangelist Isaiah how this country is going to collapse. And I want you to see particular his response to collapse of an enemy country. You know, Moab had an awful beginning. You understand the beginning. There was a man, the name, his name was Abraham. Abraham had two brothers. One died, and his son, his nephew then, uh, became his son. His son was Lot. 
He was given so much by Uncle Abraham. He was given wealth and possessions. And one day, his herdsmen, you know this story, they got upset. They said, we, we, he said, I want, I want, what, I want what, what, what is given to me. Well, it was all the grace of his uncle that gave it to him. And Uncle Abraham says, well, you choose the right, I'll go to the left. You choose the left, I'll go to the right. And he chose the well-watered plain. He chose for himself. And he, he, he looked and he said, I want Sodom. And then he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He made his family look every day into Sodom. Then he moved into Sodom. And then he sat in the gate. In other words, he became a political figure in Sodom. But the men of Sodom, the Bible says, were evil and did exceedingly great sin. They were wicked people. They tried to break down the door when he was being rescued because the men burned in their lust after men. That's why when God destroyed Sodom in this very day that you live, I think, Brother Little, you told me this years ago, you went and visit Sodom, and it's still blackened ash. Why? Because God judged them for one, pride, and secondly, for sodomy. Men burning in their lust with men and women with women. As a result of that, Lot lost his entire family. His wife, his sons-in-laws, his daughter-in-laws, his sons. He lost everybody but two daughters that were unmarried. They fled Sodom during destruction. And one night, the eldest daughter said, you know what? If, if, if we don't have a baby, we, we won't have a heritage. And they got their dad drunk and committed incest with their dad. The next night, the younger sister said, I'll do the same. And she's now expecting those two countries were the Ammonites from the younger sister and the Moabites from the older sister. That's this text. Moabites were considered the scum of the earth, off-scouring. People saw those, those people because they're born out of incest, a daughter and a father, vile, Moabites, Ammonites. Oh, I tell you what, if anybody deserves to die, they deserve punishment. And that was the attitude of the day. That's not my attitude, by the way. That was the attitude of the day. The scripture says this, the burden of Moab, the heavy weight of Moab, because the night, or, that is a city of Moab, is laid west, waste and brought to silence. Moab is laid waste and brought to silence. There's several things I want to point out in this scripture of the reaction when this Moab is going to be destroyed. I want you to see there's a cry that comes out. The cry came from the man of God, it came from the men of the city, and it came from the people. Everybody's crying. They've seen the collapse of their country. They're seeing that Moab is under the judgment hand of God. Why this is so important, this is reality. This actually happened, but it is also a foreknowledge or a foretaste of what's gonna happen in Revelation 16 and Revelation 19 when these nations are all gonna gather back to the Valley of Megiddo and they're gonna have a world war called Armageddon against God. That day in Revelation is coming. 
And so we see this, these Moabites are being judged, but future judgment is yet to come on the nations of the world, for they have rejected God. In fact, the verse just comes to my mind. I think I have it right here. Let me see if I do. Um, I'll, I'll think about it. I do. Chapter 13, will you go back to 13? Chapter 13 and verse number 10. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give light. And the sun shall be darkened and the going forth and the moon shall not cause your light to shine. Watch it now. And I will punish the world for their evil. It seems that what's happening in Washington, D.C. see a Sacramento these days is everything to legislate evil. How sinful can we get? I think those that are watching the maintenance here, I think this air conditioner up here is shut off. So can you just take a check, uh, check on that, please? Uh, and and I, I say that to say, so God says, I'm going to judge this world. You know, the, we think, well, we're getting away with it. No, we're, we're not getting away with it. God's going to judge. So well, why does he do something now? Because he gave planet Earth over to Adam. And Adam gave it to Satan. And that's why in 1 John it says the whole world lies in the hand of the wicked one. Don't blame this mess on God. Blame this mess on the devil and Adam and sinful man for all these generations. God's coming back to judge this world. Next event is the rapture of the church. Sure, we're going to be taken out of here to heaven. Then seven years there's going to become a bloodbath on planet earth like this world has never seen. And the 21 judgments in Revelation are going to come showering down on the nations of the world. There'll be a one world church, Revelation 16, out of Rome. There'll be one world government. There'll be one world currency. And all of a sudden this world thinks they're in control. But the Antichrist and the beast and the false prophet, God said to that trio, that trinity, I am going to judge you also. God's still in control. Notice the cry. If you go to verse, uh, in chapter number um, 15, I want you to see the cry of this man of God, the evangelist. Verse 5, my heart shall cry out for Moab. Wait a minute. These are the scumbags. These are the people that deserve. Oh, no, no, no. That's not Isaiah's thought. These are people that had, yes, a terrible root beginning. The Moabites. But these are people that have children, that have families. And my, my heart, it, it, how in the world can we as pastors, the pastors in the church and the deacons and the ushers and Sunday school teachers and the church members, how in the world can we be happy when we see another nation under the judgment hand of God? How can we be happy when we see the slaughter of nations around the world because they're rejecting God and the turmoil? How can we be happy? Here's the evangelist. Here's, here should be the cry of every preacher in America. My heart shall cry out for Moab. Go back, if you will, to chapter number 13, where, 15, where you are there. And notice what he says in verse 2. He goes, I weep to, to weep Moab, uh, 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 shall bowl over Nebo and over Medop, and of the hedge shall be baldness, every beard cut off in the streets. They shall, uh, they shall have girded themselves with sackcloth. They shall howl. They shall weep abundantly. And Hishbon shall cry. And it says it again in that verse, they'll cry out aloud. And verse number, uh, verse number eight, the cry is gone out around about the borders of Moab. I wonder how many children last night, I wonder how many children went to bed last night and they went to bed crying. Went to bed hungry. 
We're told that the majority of this world children go to bed hungry every night in great anguish of heart and, and tormented. Uh, recall that when we invaded Iraq, the average soldier that carried those machine guns was 15 years of age. 15 years of age. Doesn't that break your heart? Doesn't that call you to cry and to weep? We sing rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch him from pity in the grave, weep or the erring one. Just recently this week, as I was driving and making my different appointments and going places, I went by house after house after house after house. And yes, we've had people stay for decades and decades and faithful to God. And it's been a miracle. And we thrust out so many into the ministry, that Christian school, those girls that sang from the Christian school this morning, 184, 185 now have gone into full-time Christian services, preachers and mission. It's made plus our college, over a thousand graduates serving. God's been so good to us. Now, now wait a minute. As I, as, I, as I see what, what is happening, I, I'm driving these streets and I'm going by the houses where there used to be a life. And I, I went by the house and some are still in those houses. And I said, Lord, I'm the shepherd. And that family has wasted their life. Wasted their life. They don't go to church anymore. They don't read their Bible anymore. They don't pray. And they, some are very, I, I, I was interested one just ran into them a couple of years ago and he said, no, I don't believe in any of that God stuff anymore. And I went by house after house and area after area. I was doing my, 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 my errands and I, and I said, Lord, wasted life. I'm not praying for the judgment of God. I've got a list that's so long of column after column after column. Praying, God, bring them back to you. No, I don't thrill. I don't thrill when I see a young person in a coffin that rebels so much against God. I'm not saying all that die. That's the case. I'm not, there's so many godly ones that have died too. I watch people throw their lives away. They could have been on a bus route. They could have been a Sunday school teacher. They could have been in the choir, but they wasted the life that God gave them. That's where Isaiah is. These people became debauchery, filthy, vile, dirty, nasty people. But isn't it amazing? He wept over them. Because their nation was being destroyed. You know what else changed? Their climate. Not just the cry, but notice the climate. In chapter 15, the Bible says in verse 6, the waters of Nimrod shall be desolate. The hay is withered away. The grass faileth. There is no green thing. I hope Nancy Pelosi is listening right now who shut the water off of our farmers in Central California for the last 10 years. I was preaching in Washington State and I saw that big, beautiful river full of snow and coming down about a month, two, two three months ago. And I said to the pastor, what happens to that water? He says, see that bridge right there? Huge, many times wider than this, 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 this auditorium. 
I said, what happens to that water? He goes, the environmentalists have us sending it out to the ocean. I was in Oregon and all this water coming. I said, what happens to that water? They said, and they gave me the city. We, we send it out to the ocean over there. All of our water from the Silicon Valley that goes in our, we send it out to this bay. There's a smelt that they want to preserve. I remember a man a couple years ago running for president. He said, if Oregon, Washington would take all their snow and feed it to California, the entire state could be green 12 months out of the year. You know, when people begin to think wrong and incorrect, water, watering the growth, would produce more water from that which is green. But when a place becomes parched, it continues to be parched. And so we get this little teenage girl who knows nothing, and she is now the climate czar. But the problem with that is, man doesn't create the weather. God says, I send the hail, I send the rain, I send the storms, I, st I send the clouds, I st send the hail, I send the, whole, the, the snow. God is the creator of climate, not man. Amen. Hope the Pope is listening because he thinks we do. Hang on, it'd be okay. It's a tragic thing. This evangelist said, your climate's changed. It's the judgment of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the judgment of God. On July 17th, 1963, 60 years ago, we said by the Supreme Court, we don't want God in our schools, so we don't want the Bible, and we don't want prayer. Well, how are we doing? After we kicked God out of this country, our boys and girls cannot go to school and be taught the Word of God. They don't pray. How are we doing? We're getting what we deserve. But my heart aches. Not only their cry, not only the climate, but look at their culture. Notice their, their culture. The, the Bible says in, in, uh, in, in, in verse number 6 of chapter 16, we have heard the pride of Moab. He's very proud, even his haughtiness and his pride and his wrath. But the lie shall not be so. He said, the culture of our, our, our culture, they said, for Moab, we just lie. We have both Republicans and Democrats that do that. But I don't know if we have a president that's told the truth in three years. Now, you can say what you want, but do your own fact-checking. The man doesn't tell the truth. And there are Republicans that are the same. And independents and socialists, Bernie. Uh, that, that great city on the hill, as Ronald Reagan quoted our forefathers, that city on the hill, Washington, D.C., that should be a place of truth and righteousness and holiness, for blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. I, I see the cry, and I see the climate, and I see the culture. Look at the crops. In chapter 16, verse number 9, I will bewail with the weeping of Jezer, the vine of Shema. I will water thee with my tears, O Hishbon, 
for the shouting, the summer fruit, and the harvest is fallen. The harvest is fallen. I've had the joy of the last several months, almost four now, I guess, to, to do grocery shopping while Mrs. Treber has been rehabilitating. And uh, our church, we, we owe you so, much, so very much. Uh, I mean, a nightly meal comes to the door. You people have been so good to us. And I go grocery shopping and I don't know how to do it. I just, it's just, I'm, I'm a mess at it. It just, I watch people going the same time as I and they're leaving and I'm only down aisle two. I can't find anything. I get so frustrated. I was trying to find something at the, the market the other day. And everywhere I looked, I needed this. Those shelves were empty. You know what? It will not take very long to empty our shelves. And, and the Bible says here that people become hungry when the crops fail. Do you realize that, that, that people need to eat food? When a nation is under the judgment of God, the food source comes so close. And so many starve with starvation. And not only their crop, but look at, I call it the cheer. The cheer. There is no cheer. It's a sad city. Look at verse 10 of chapter 16. For the gladness is taken away. And joy it's gone. There's no singing. Have you noticed? Have you noticed this nation of ours, if we're not careful? You don't see, God bless you teenagers, but all across this region and in the nation, I don't see teenagers having a good time and laughing and having joy and smiling. It's all this stuff looking down on the phone and no conversations going on. How about at a stop sign when you're back stoplight waiting to go and the person in front of you got the head down. They're on their cell phone. There's no joy. There's no communication. The families are silent. A nation that is under the judgment of God has no cheer. I, I want you to see this, and you're being so patient, I'll try to wrap it up. I'm going to use the word, I know the word church is, their new, is a New Testament word. But I want you to see their church, verse number 12 of chapter number 16. It shall come to pass when I, it is seen that Moab is weary, here's the key, on the high place, that he shall come to his sanctuary and pray, but shall not prevail. His sanctuary. Moab did not serve God Jehovah. Moab, as you read your Bible, served Molech. Molech was a god that they formed with their hands and had a head of a calf. He had the arms and hands of a man. And he had flames coming out of his belly. They would place, this is what Moab, you talk about debauchery. They would place their babies, give birth to babies, and put it in the arms of Molech and sacrifice and burn their babies alive to worship their God. It's an amazing thing what a country will do when they turn their back on God. 
Did you call that fellow by the name of Pharaoh? Pharaoh found out that the Hebrew children uh, were strong and the women were strong as they gave birth. And so he said, I want you to take every male that's born to the Israelites, the Jews, the Hebrews, I don't want you to kill that baby. How a leader can ever say, kill a child? That's debauchery. That's, that is evil at its height. 2,000 years later or so, there was a man by the name of Herod. He said, I heard this Jesus was born. I want every male child under two to be killed. You know, when a nation begins to get so far away from God, they'll sacrifice the children. So we got married in 1972, but you could not kill a baby. I want you all to understand how you kill a baby through abortion. We've had 65 million now killed since 1973. Sometime you ought to watch perhaps the video, the silent scream. There is, there is torment as you shoot into that baby a shot and then you begin to scissor cut the baby in pieces and then take a vacuum and vacuum that baby out of a mother's womb. When a nation thinks it, and we run for office, say, I, I'm going to stand with women for women's right. How about a baby's right? Mothers would actually sacrifice their lives for the life of a child. But now she said, well, I, I, I don't want this thing. I'm helping society. I'm not being a burden. No, why don't you be a mother? Why don't you be a father? Why don't you go ahead and be what you're supposed to be? When the home destroys, you destroy a nation. And here the Bible says they would, they would take their babies and worship chapter 13 and verse number, um, chapter 13, verse 18. Let's take a look there. Their bows, they shall dash, their bows shall they dash the young men to pieces and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. That is the, the, the baby inside the womb and their eyes shall not spare the children. When you, when you say, okay, I'm running for office and I want you to take your child who's under 18 and if they want to mutilate their body, you have a right to mutilate their body. And by the way, parent, if you don't want them to, they have a right to mutilate. What kind of, what kind of country is that? Chop body parts off of a man or a boy or a girl. That's Moab. That's Moab right there. And Moab, my, my, my heart is so heavy over the sin of these nations of the world, but of America also. We're going into judgment. We are under judgment, but it's only going to get worse until we look up. I close. I see, I see the captain. Chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. This is the word that the Lord spoke concerning Moab since that time. But now the Lord has spoken. Within three years, as the years of a harling stop, he said, okay, judgment's coming, but it's not coming for three more years. Sounds like the middle of the tribulation. And the glory of Moab shall be contempt all that great multitude and the remnant shall be very small and feeble. They, they had the opportunity to turn from verse 6, their pride and haughtiness 
and bow their knee to an almighty God. But they said no. And the burden came, the judgment came, the heavy weight came. I've had such a wonderful life, and I've, I've lived, outlived what, what the Bible says I should live. I know that. So really, if we just bump along, along for another few years, I'll probably be okay. But our 14 grandkids aren't going to be okay. You know, God takes me a heart attack or a stroke today. It's not the big, it's not the end of the world. I've lived a good life. Sometimes you get weary. Sometimes you get tired. It's no big deal. Life goes on. You'll have a new past. I know that. But can I tell you something? I don't want this. I don't want this kind of life for these teenagers that are out there down here. I grew up 15 minutes from here. I went to public school, never heard of a Christian school. Went to public school my whole life. Where we prayed in public school every day. And we prayed for our milk and our graham crackers every morning. Every day. Teacher led us in prayer. Public school. I can recall the, the principal, seventh grade. He came and his eyes were filled with tears and he said to our school teacher, our president, John F. Kennedy, was just shot in Dallas. Girls in my class, seventh grade, began to weep. We trembled. He said, we don't know if he's going to make it or if he's gone or what. Well, he was dead already. I folded those papers later in the day and delivered those papers as a paper boy. And the next day, the full page, the full paper all about it. And President Johnson became president on the spot in that, that airplane as he took the oath of office. I recall that principal said, before you go home, I'd like this class to pray. Pray for the Kennedy family. I'd like you to pray for our country. Pray. I'm talking about a principal of a public school. I don't want you to have the judgment of God. I don't want that for these precious kids. Some have already experienced heartaches beyond. You've carried man-sized, woman-sized burdens already early in your life. God bless you kids, and you're in church. Some of these kids down here in our teens, you've already carried heavy weight. I don't want to put more weight on you. We're going to have to put a stop to this thing. How is it? This old-fashioned altar where God's people say, I want to be right with God. I cannot tell you how hurt I was this week. So I went by house after house. Some of those folks would come to my funeral or well, they'd still be nice to me. I'm not saying that but they don't go to church. They don't read their Bible. They're not into things of God. And I thought, wait, I kept saying, Lord, I pray for them. They're wasted. They wasted their life. They wasted their life. They're wasting their life. They're throwing their kids away. They're throwing their marriage away. God, wake them up. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.